0: Hey friends, Andy Jenkins back with the Warrior Hope Podcast. Every single week we live out this mission right here and we're going to keep repeating it every week. We connect veterans to their next mission. We believe you have one and we really think that the most common obstacles that we see are isolation and unresolved hurts of the past. We want to help you overcome both. Here's why. We believe your mission matters because you have a purpose and part of that purpose includes there are people who are depending on you people to whom you supply something that no one else quite does in the way that you do that includes your family it includes your friends and it includes fellow service members those fellow service members they had your six when you were serving with them you had theirs they still need you and you still need them to live out the mission that is ahead of you today i've got a guest that i know really quite well his name is eugene Quavis. now eugene is the man who shot the film for Crosswind's documentary number one, Invisible Scars, which was, we've kind of labeled that the PTSD project. That was the documentary that we first did where we really start talking about those hidden wounds of war. So many wounds are visible, you can see them, but I would say that even more wounds can't be seen. Eugene is going to talk to you all about that because again he's the one that shot and edited that film that led to the second film honoring the code which was all about moral injury moral injury is really similar to but very different than PTSD and in this episode he's going to talk about both documentaries but also talk about what is the difference between those two let's roll right into it this is Eugene Cuevas who is the director of Invisible Scars, and Honoring the Code. Here we go. Tell us, how in the world does a guy like you end up working with Crosswind's Foundation for Faith and Culture?
1: Well, wow, it's uh, actually a, a, a complex story I, in some ways. I've known Bob Waldrip a long time through a mutual friend and uh, through church connections and what have you. And uh, Bob had reached out to me, Gosh, probably ten plus years ago, and asked me to be a part of the board um, for Crosswinds, and and he and I just kind of collaborated on just some creative ideas, and yeah. I was just you know kind of interested in what Bob was doing when he was you know just first launching Crosswinds, and and so he asked me to come on fairly early in the process to the board, and I served in that capacity um, as a member. Uh, for a couple years before I was looking to make a transition at the time of my own career. I'd been uh, teaching college English for a while and I, I'd been doing filmmaking as a hobby and Bob kind of saw that and offered me the opportunity to come on to Crosswinds and do filmmaking full time and so I really hadn't been thinking in that direction. I uh, really wasn't sure what I, I wanted to do at that yeah. time. And I, just, I was thinking about going to seminary and kicking several different ideas around. And And it just made sense when he asked me to do that. And so I took a leap and said, yeah, hey, absolutely. Let's do it and see what happens. All right. So at the time, you,
0: you were interested in film, not yet doing film full time. And then early on, I guess at Crosswinds, you got involved very quickly in two different, I mean, initially there was going to be one film project and they weren't sure what the next one was, but it ended up being two just back-to-back that really served veterans. Uh, And I see you, I got my Centers of Hope shirt on. That's kind of the result of something that was a result of those films. Uh, You got, what's that? That's a front porch porch
1: media. media.
0: Okay. So that's a great story right there because front porch, were you there when front porch was, yeah. Created. Okay. Give me the story on that because like, like the reason he named a front porch and I guess that you named it with him was a really interesting, uh, just a perspective on everything Crosswinds was set up to do.
1: Yeah. If people know anything about Crosswinds, you know, Crosswinds is all about those intersections in culture and just having conversations with people Um, about where their faith is making that intersection with some kind of cultural uh, change or question or issue. And so when I came on to Crosswinds and we started talking about filmmaking, we started thinking about, okay, well, how do we use film as a conversational tool? And that got us to thinking, we thought, you know, kind of thinking about the way things have changed over generations and, you know, A few generations ago, if you were having a conversation with someone about the issues of the day, you might be doing that on the front porch of your house, right? Right. Sitting on the front porch, talking with your neighbors in person. And that's where most of us had those kinds of complex conversations. Well, as we've become a more media-driven society, our conversations have moved off of the literal front porch and into these multimedia spaces, And so that kind of led us to this this idea of Front Porch Media, this media tool being a space for us to have those cultural conversations. That's a great name. So Front
0: Porch is the uh, media arm, the film arm of Crosswinds, which has created uh, at this point the Invisible Scars documentary, Honoring the Code. That's a documentary. Another project. uh, I don't even know that we've got a title yet that we'll talk about. Uh, here in right. a future episode, um, all of this. Okay, so you you come on board, and uh, now in my mind the story goes. Correct me if I'm wrong. That Bob is going to make a film and reaches out to Don Malin, who was a military friend, and says, "Hey, if if we were going to make a film about a cultural trend, i.e., something that people would be talking about on a front porch," and this was years ago, um, right. and I'm going to get you to kind of set it on the timeline in just a second what is a big topic in culture that really warrants, needs, merits discussion? And Don, uh, who's in the military, has all these titles as chaplain, uh, he, he says PTSD. And Bob replies, well what is PTSD? Now this is back years ago. Nobody really, I mean, now everybody's an armchair psychologist, right? So all these words are floating around on the internet uh, and people use them all the time. And you generally use them to accuse other people with them, right? Or excuse some kind of thing. But in that moment, nobody really knew what that was. And so Bob said, what is it? And Don replied, well, it's like this. It took me a while when I was back to realize when it thundered that I wasn't under mortar fire. When it was a storm, it was just a storm, not gunfire. And Bob said he thought that was an interesting response, but that led to, hey, let's start uncovering what this PTSD thing is. P- pick it up. Like, Take it from there and add anything to that. Yeah. You I
1: want. mean, that, that conversation that you're talking about with Don was a number of years prior to us launching Front Porch, and but that conversation was in the back of Bob's mind. And so when I came on uh, with Crosswinds and we started Front Porch, we were looking for um, kind of a, a big topic for us to make a feature film. And you know, we were working on some small little things that were related to some teaching things Bob was already doing, but we were looking for a kind of a big documentary style project. Yeah. And that conversation was still in the back of Bob's mind. And so at that time, he kind of went to Don and he asked him, he says, Don, I've kind of been thinking about, you know, what we talked about a couple of years ago about this PTSD thing. And he says, what would you say is the best documentary out there on PTSD? And, because he was going to learn
0: at that point. Yeah, like said, yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, so he's going to research it. And, and you know, Don's a retired lieutenant colonel. He was a chaplain. And, I mean, he, he's somebody that has counseled and and, and uh, helped other veterans dealing with this issue. And Don thought about it for a while. And he says, Bob, there's, there's not a good documentary on this topic. He says the military has a few things to kind of try to train people, but they're very basic and they're not really made for civilian consumption. And so Bob came to me at that time. He says, Eugene, what do you think about us doing a documentary on PTSD? And of course, like most people, I I was familiar with the term in the most basic sense, but I really had no interaction with it, no really in-depth knowledge. And so it kind of fascinated both of us. And we thought, okay, well, this is interesting. And if we don't know much about this, but yet it's something that people are Kind of talking about the term that we was being thrown around in the media and every now and then you might hear it referenced in a TV show or something but people didn't know what it was we felt like there was a need there was an opportunity for us to educate the public on this issue and that's really where it began. All right, so,
0: timeline, what year was the documentary re- released, Invisible Scars? I, and I know there's a lot of study and a lot of shooting. And, yeah. I mean, like, right now, yeah. you guys shot a video. You you shot the film for this next documentary, what, last summer, last spring? Yeah,
1: and most so of them were shot still, last summer,
0: right. Yeah, I mean, you're editing, so it, that takes a while. But timeline, when did that release, finally?
1: Oh, gosh, um, let's see. Yeah. Um, Andy, you may know this date better than I do, and I think – I don't, because if I knew it,
0: man, I would just say it. I would just be like, you know. But uh, is this like – It's been about eight years. So this is like 2013, 14-ish, something like that. 2013,
1: 2014, right around there, yeah.
0: I I do know this will date it. I'm going to put a link down uh, in the show notes below where people can just go to the Crosswinds website. They can stream that film absolutely free. When it started, there was no streaming because I remember talking to Bob about 2014 or 15 and said, hey, you got to stream it. And he was like, why? And I said, because you're you're sending DVDs in the mail for free and streaming it would be cheaper, first of all. Uh, and by the way, if you need a DVD, you can request that and they will send you a DVD free. Right? There are generous donors that take care of this. So if you're watching, uh, which if you're watching, you probably have the ability to stream. But uh, but if you're listening and you're not sure, we will send you a DVD absolutely free. But I told him you got to stream it because first of all, it's cheaper to stream it. Second of all, I don't even have a DVD player. If you gave me a DVD right now, I couldn't. But But that'll kind of date it because right there on the cusp, of when DVD is kind of ending, and I get it, people are still using them. Streaming was starting to kick in, so right around there, uh, and and it's kind of stood the test of time, and it was was one of the first forerunners, and that led, of course, to other documentaries. Um, Really quickly, tell everybody what you learned PTSD is, Um, and, and I know I just kind of off the cuff ask you, on the film, you have this very tight definition that you give. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not expecting the tight edited version, but let's just lay it out there um, and talk about that for a few moments, and then we'll go to the film.
1: Sure. Yeah. PTSD, in, in maybe the simplest terms, is we. You know, it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and that's a, a clinical term but it really is a a response to a traumatic incident. And so when we talk about military trauma, you know, when a person is in that high intense um, fight or flight or freeze situation, they respond one way in the field. But what we find is that that incident marks that person for years to come. And that individual may struggle with other kinds of stressors Throughout the rest of their life. And that can manifest in lots of different ways, in terms of from just, you know, restlessness to, uh, you know, hypervigilance to other forms of anxiety and, um, you know, stress. And trying to understand why that's happening is a difficult process. And not everybody's always understood that. We're doing a better job now of recognizing it and you know, connecting people to real answers, but when we first started talking about this issue, there was so much confusion around what PTSD actually was. Well, I remember one of the
0: biggest, I don't know necessarily call it a confusion, but one of the biggest enlightening points was you shoot this entire documentary on PTSD, and in it, there is a, a gentleman that was a veteran that went to get help for PTSD and he, he was not trying to, you know, there's so many reasons people would hide the diagnosis or would be afraid of getting the diagnosis. You could be labeled. You could be stereotyped. People might think you're crazy. It that diagnosis follows you. So all these seemingly valid reasons why people would not want the diagnosis. He was seeking it. And then he finds out, even though he has all of these other issues, he finds out he's not diagnosable. And in the course of, you know, making the film, you guys stumbled upon, and this was groundbreaking too, another culprit that looks like PTSD, acts like PTSD. But contrary to that, if it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, thinks like a duck, swims like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. This one was very similar, but wasn't. And that led to a whole nother documentary, Invisible Scars, led to honoring the code.
1: Yeah, actually, we we had completed the making of that first film, and we we were hearing things like exactly what you're talking about while we were making it, and we didn't uh, know what to, you know, how to fully process that. But in the process of distributing that first film, we actually made a connection with a with General Jim Mukiyama out of Chicago, Illinois, and and uh, General Mukiyama got his hands on a DVD copy of in- Invisible Scars. And had reached out and contacted us at Crosswinds and he just happened to kind of drop into conversation He says you know, he says this there's a huge need for this, he says, but have you guys looked into moral injury, and we're like moral injury, what is that, you know, never heard of this term, and. Professional clinicians were only starting to use the term moral injury around about 2009, so it had not really entered the public conversation much at all. I mean, it's and still that's kind still, of not
0: out there, you know, much. We yeah. talk about guilt and shame, but it's still, yeah. you know,
1: go, go ahead. I, I interrupted you there. No, you're absolutely right. When, and that was one of those things is that we kind of had to start learning, okay, well, what is moral injury? And it added another layer to this trauma issue that we were investigating. And it helped us to answer why some individuals were having these you know, anxieties that seemed like PTSD, but really weren't. And what we've learned is that moral injury is this distinction where it's not just a response to the kind of fear intensity of something like combat. But moral injury has more to do with those choices that somebody has to make in those situations. It has more to do with their feeling, their own moral code uh, that they hold dear. And sometimes when they might be in a situation where that moral code begins to fray because of either things they witness or things that they have to participate in themselves. So it sounds like
0: PTSD uh, fight or flight response to things outside of the person, whether it's gunfire, some kind of abuse, some kind of traumatic situation. If you read the di- you know, read the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, PTSD can be caused by so many different things, but they're they're external. Whereas this moral injury issue, it's more of like internal. It is something like guilt, shame, survivor's guilt. It so 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 PTSD. You can fight it, you can flight it, but that moral injury. Sounds like, well, you know, I mean, you know, that uh, saying wherever you go, there you are. Like, you can't run away from that. You've got to deal somehow with the guilt, shame. Um, um, Tell me, you you know, what are some of the things that you learned that were surprising on either film? And I'm going to put links down to both of those uh, here in the show notes to where people could stream them
1: either way. Well, one thing you you kind of hinted at this earlier, and this became very clear to us early on and has been a constant factor is that um, as common as these experiences are, there is still a heavy stigma around identifying oneself as being, you know, as suffering from either PTSD or moral injury. And it's because of that stigma that sometimes has discouraged people from getting help or waiting years um, and having, you know, innumerable fallout in their life because of it, waiting just for years to ever step up and say, hey, there's something, something bothering me that I I can't, you know, I can't come to terms with. And, and that surprised me, uh, you know, just much as much as we have to help. I think uh, w- one of our interviewees put, it you know, put it best. He says, you know, he says, they did such a great job of teaching him how to go to war, you know, preparing him for, yeah. for combat, preparing him to serve as a soldier. But um, it's difficult to prepare somebody on how to come home. And that's the issue is that when that veteran comes back home, plugged into their civilian life, what then? And that's where we seem to have so few answers. And when many people are afraid to look for answers because of that stigma. As far as somebody that was, came to you, they need help.
0: What would be having, yeah, I understand you're not a clinician, so you're not authorized to diagnose, treat, prescribe, uh, you, but you, but you've got the experience of having been there firsthand and collected all of this information. What, what would you tell somebody who comes to you is like, Hey, I think that I have something going on. I'm not sure what it is, or I've got a family member that's served. I'm not sure what the, like, just where would you take that conversation from there?
1: That's a that's a great question. And, and really, Andy, the answer to your question is part of what changed in the development of our first film. When we first started making that film, our initial idea was, hey, th- we, we can make this as a public education tool. Okay. But what happened in the middle of making that film is we realized that we needed a tool to help people have a conversation about trauma which goes back to the whole original agenda of front porch media in the first place and so what we have found is that what these films do and this is i've often done this in the in the years following is that often maybe somebody's not ready to go to see a doctor they're not ready to make an appointment with a counselor yet but what these films do and i've had this conversation many times is I put that film in somebody's hand or I send them a link to stream it. And I, and I ask them, I say, sit down and watch this either by yourself or if it's a family member say, hey, sit down and watch this with your, with your veteran and see what they say. And that process of watching either Invisible Scars or Honoring the Code, watching one of those films begins that conversation. And I've had a number of people say, okay, I'm ready to talk to a counselor. Now I'm ready to go to that next step on looking for help, looking for uh, ways to process the trauma I've had. That makes sense. And I've heard it on the other side of the equation too, where it's not just
0: the person that's been through it that, you know, says, okay, I'm ready to talk with, uh, you know, someone that is another veteran. I'm ready to talk with someone who's uh, a professional, but also, you have the family members that suddenly say or the, or, or you know the significant other in any capacity finally says oh i get it okay i, I yeah. finally have a way to understand in some small way as much as you can without having been there you know for such a heavy event um but still seeing it and now having a grid to understand in some small way what uh, the person has been through what their friend or loved one is dealing with. What else would you add to that conversation? Is there anything else people need to know? And I want, I want to have you back because I want to talk about the latest project which is really the family project and uh, some of the, what we've learned there, some of the different avenues that's taken. Um, but uh, what, what else would you add really as we close up here?
1: I think the most powerful thing that we've seen um, in helping anyone is encouraging them to share their stories. And that that helps them to begin moving past that stigma. It helps them to start thinking about, is this simply a conversation that I need to have with a fellow veteran or my family member, or do I need to speak with a counselor? And yeah. so encouraging people that their experience is, um, is is something that needs to be shared. And so We encourage veterans to reach out to other veterans, you know, find somebody else who's been there and done that, has the t-shirt, talk to them, share your story. Um, Often, you know, people feel like their family members are going to uh, shame them or run from them, but we encourage family members to create a safe space in which their veteran can talk and can share their story. And that's always my encouragement is find a place to share that story. Man, That's powerful
0: advice. And I, and I think what, what I've seen is when people do share those stories, so often they're timid or they're nervous or thinking, man, this is such a heavy weight that they're carrying. But then when they get it out there, uh, the majority of people who hear whatever they're willing to share, they, they don't shame, they don't belittle little. I mean, they actually are in some sense endeared to that person even more because of what they've been through, because of what they've carried. And there's yep. almost this empathetic, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I wish I had known. And they they receive them. You know, that shame, that guilt, that, you know, it, it all, it, it is so much stronger when it's behind closed doors. The freedom is actually found out in the light. Uh, Eugene, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for the amazing work that you've done with the Invisible Scars, with the Honoring the Code, everything you've done for Crosswinds. Uh, it's it's benefited uh, me a lot to, to learn from you. Uh, excellent next level, high, high quality resources all available for everybody in the show notes. Uh, Let's get on again and let's discuss. I really want to talk with you about the family project and some of what you're learning and seeing there. Uh, I'll have you on again soon. So when I look back at the talk that Eugene and I had, I was trying to think, what are some of the important ideas there that I would like to just remind you of as as I sign off? Uh, And right here, there's one. Conversations used to occur on the front porch. I would ask you the question, where is the front porch today? Now Eugene gave his answer, but but I would say in a personal context, conversations, goodness, you need to connect with other people. Where is that going to be? Is that going to be at the workplace? Is that going to be a literal front porch? Is that going to be reaching out through social media or even getting into a group with other like-minded people, other veterans who are seeking to move forward as well? Here's point number two, the big topic that we need to discuss in this episode, it was PTSD, and, and I would say, let's go deep. Let's not just do the chit chat. If you invest in other people at the water cooler conversation level, that's the reward that you're going to reap. But if you'll go deeper and if you will do the tough work of walking out into the light, I get it. It's scary. There are ample massive rewards for doing that. The third point is this. I always leave you with three takeaways. The conversations open us up to a whole new world. So when you have those deeper conversations, in this case, it opens us up to hurts and hopes. Either way, we're better for it when we walk away with something that we invested a little deeper in. Do you see it? All right, I think that you do. Here's where you can do us a great favor. If you're listening on itunes or you're listening on apple Podcasts, google play spotify wherever you're listening if you will rate the show and review it that lets the people who are supplying that feed know to show other people the feed as well if you're watching on youtube i would love for you to subscribe and then also do the same thing leave us a comment below let us know one of your big takeaways let us know where you're listening or watching from as always we believe that part of our mission is to connect warriors to connect veterans to their next mission the obstacles that we most often see it's isolation let's don't do it alone and it's the hurts and the hang-ups the unprocessed pain from the past let's deal with it Here's why you have a purpose. We believe that you were created for some great unique purpose that only you can do. And there are people that are depending on all of us, friends, family, fellow service members. Let's do this thing together. I'm Andy Jenkins signing off. I'll see you again next week.